Let's do this. What is virtualization? You're going to learn today. Innovate like a startup. Deliver like an enterprise. I hope you're coffeeed up and ready because it's going to be a great day. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Virtually Speaking Podcast with Pedro Aero and John Nicholson. Good afternoon and welcome to the Virtually Speaking Podcast, episode number 214. My name is Pete Fletcher and joining me as always is my good friend, Mr. John Nicholson. John, how you doing, buddy? Good. I'm just trying to get everything together. I'm trying to manage everything. Okay. Um, there's a lot of sprawl on my desk. Do you ever get to this point where you're like, why are there like, you know, 12 drink containers on this desk? Like, what's what's going on here? Like, I've just got to, you know, uh, let's see. This yes. is like a science beaker. I don't even know what's going on here. I've... I got to get all this stuff in order. I got to standardize, you yeah. know, I've got to, I've got to get some stuff together. So. <laughs> Excellent, John. I tell you, you are the king of segues. Uh, yeah. You get an A plus as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I'm not so good at them. So we're going to, we're going to talk some vSphere plus. We're not going to do it alone. We're gonna, we've got a couple of experts on the phone. Uh, we're going to start with our good friend, Mr. Ken Wernerberg. Ken, welcome back to the podcast. Well, Hey guys, didn't see you there. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Buddy? How's it going? For those of you not watching the video feed, Ken has a a very bright uh, Hawaiian shirt on that is definitely worth checking out the video feed. That's our plug for the video feed for the yes, video. absolutely. Yeah, he looks amazing. I'm great, not sure. great background as well. Did they make like really dull drab Hawaiian shirts like for when you want to go out but not say anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you are watching the video feed and you see this guy that's in the middle there, you might also see our good friend, Mr. Dave Marrera. Dave, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Pete. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. I'm, I'm very surprised we actually found a spot uh, open for all of us to meet finally. Yeah, uh, that's hard, man. You guys are busy, especially you, Dave. Dave, you've been uh, you've been touring the country uh, talking about what we want to talk about today, uh, which uh, some may know as Arctic, uh, but I think the more official term is vSphere Plus. Uh, yeah, you've been pretty busy. So um, before we even get too deep into it, why don't we just start with that? I mean, it was codename Arctic, and, and now I hear you talking about vSphere Plus. Are these the same thing? Yes and no. Okay. It depends, right? That's our typical answer. So uh, within VMware, we looked at vSphere Plus as Arctic, but Arctic is actually a bigger vision for the company, right? The vision of bringing our customers connecting to the cloud from on-premises and also connecting from cloud, VMware cloud to other clouds. So we have a bigger vision of bringing, bringing all the silos from the on-premises side, all the silos from different clouds and bringing them all together, right? One console to rule them all pretty much. Uh, but that is what Arctic is. And Visor Plus is the first step to Arctic pretty much. Yeah, I think just to add a touch more onto that too, I think the idea around the multi-cloud is really how do we bring services from different clouds to different locations within that cloud. And on-premises vSphere is one of those destinations within a multi-cloud. So if there are uh, services that we have that we offer from a, a, a VMware cloud or from a, a partner or something along these lines, Arctic and these cross-cloud services are about exactly as Dave said. How do we take advantage of those things without necessarily having to move things out of our data centers, uh, whether they're on-prem, whether they're in a different cloud location or something along those lines? And uh, yeah, vSphere Plus 
first first step on that on that journey. Fair enough. All right, so give me the give me the the high level before we dive too deep because I know we've got questions. But tell me what exactly is vSphere Plus then? I can answer that. So vSphere Plus is an offering. It's not a new version of vSphere, right? It's the same vSphere that you know. And by vSphere, I mean vCenter, ESXi, right? So it is the same vSphere that you know. You still have your same vCenter UI locally. We are taking your on-premises infrastructure. We're not moving anything. We're not moving VMs. We're not moving vCenters or host. But we're connecting that to the cloud, to the VMware cloud. By doing that, then you have access to a centralized console where you can actually see all your vCenters wherever they are. They could be different states, different cities, different countries even, and there is no limit to it. So think of it as uh, enhanced link mode without any restrictions as far as how many vCenters you can connect together, right? We're going past that 15 number, we're going 20, 200, 2,000 vCenters that you can see from one central location. So you mentioned enhanced link mode. Enhanced link mode, just for listeners who may not be familiar with it, um, is a technology that's been around for a while, just a level set, to where you connect these vCenters. So in your inventory, you can see multiple vCenters. And even though you connected to one of them, you can see what's going on in the other vCenters, what the VMs and things like that are. Um, so you're saying you would get, provide similar functionality if I log into one vCenter, I can see the others? Yeah, so you will get, that is one of the things. So we, we break it down into three main pieces. Right? You get admin services, which is where you see the global inventory of vCenters. And within that, you can see a global inventory of virtual machines, um, desired state configuration at the vCenter uh, level. Um, so those are your admin services in, in one area. Uh, you also, once you're connected to the cloud, have access to add-on services that are cloud-based. So some of those services, for example, VCDR, VMware Cloud Disaster Recovery, where you can tie it together with your on-premises infrastructure and take advantage of VCDR connecting through vSphere Plus, right? So it's one central location and you can leverage uh, item services from the cloud and uh, you still have everything located locally on your state, on your site, nothing has been moved and we're bringing both of those together. Okay. So that v that vCenter desired state config is that enforcing settings on the vCenters like setting the email folder? What what all can I do with that, or what is that doing? So what that is doing is creating a you create a profile and you can take one of your vCenters as your source. So it's, we're going to extract all the configuration settings from the particular vCenter. Um, so my log that. levels, my database retention settings, where my yeah. email SNMP. SMTP forwarder, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that is going to be the source of truth. Then we go into create a profile based on that and apply it to other vCenters through this uh, management console on the cloud. When there's a configuration drift, then you get alerted, hey, um, we checked the status of this vCenter and we noticed there's 50, 70 settings that are different. Somebody changed, they're not supposed to. And then you can go ahead and remediate those so it gives you that level of inside of specific settings within the other vCenters that have changed since then. Well, that, that sounds like that would really help, particularly anyone from who's in a compliance environment or anyone who just has, you know, lack of a better term, vCenter sprawl. I talked to some of these customers who they've got 50 different sites and for, you know, various reasons, they put a vCenter at each for local survivability and management. And... You know, maybe one of them, maybe they were really good. Their ops team deployed them all correctly and turned all the knobs. But one of them blows up or one of them needs to be reinstalled. And then, okay, we did this three years ago. What were all the settings? You know, yeah. or one is doing troubleshooting and they flip a knob they're not supposed to. This sounds like that would help with those, that scenario. 
Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, config drift is a problem, right? Somebody makes one change a month onto one VC. Well, you've got 15 of them by the time a year rolls by. They're dramatically different from one another. And uh, yeah, the manageability of that goes down. I think part of the the other nice thing here too is that you mentioned edge use cases, for example, or distributed VCs and so forth. I do want to highlight, you know, those things don't change. What we get, as Dave was saying, is a central view to these things. Your VMware Cloud console runs in the cloud, but the VCs themselves don't. They stay exactly where they were. So we don't have to move data back and forth. Uh, we don't have to move VCs. We don't need to migrate VMs to take advantage of this, but we get that centralized view, which is almost more like the hybrid link mode used to be. Uh, it's sort of a combination of HLM and ELM, hybrid link mode and enhanced link mode. So you get that centralized cloud-based view of all of those distributed VCs, one to unlimited numbers and all of their inventory. Without having to do weird stuff with SSO and like bolt them all into the same SSO domain or figure out SSO replication topologies. Precisely, yeah. yeah. So you get that view and you get that cloud adjacency to the services. So if you want to do something like VCDR, you have a global inventory from the cloud that's already there. And now you can fire over to your VCDR and start using that without having to make changes again. But if you need to do something locally on one of those VCs, you want to uh, go and make some configuration changes to a particular environment, uh, you can launch those VCs in context from that cloud console. So it'll redirect you and authenticate you locally onto that VC. And then you're back to that old uh, client that everyone's familiar with uh, to do the really sort of in-depth configuration changes that you uh, would normally uh, do. So quick aside, um, I vaguely remember hearing something about licensing on this, and I don't want the show to be on licensing, but that you no longer need to license per vCenter. You no longer need to pay for vCenter instances. They're basically bundled with the vSphere Plus. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the big uh, things around vSphere Plus is that it's a subscription-based license for your, your vSphere environment. So that's why it's vSphere Plus. It's being driven through the cloud console in terms of your management. So the first thing that, and Dave can talk in a lot more detail about the, the technology here, but we're literally converting the existing vCenters and their inventory and their licensing over to being uh, cloud-driven and subscription-based. So the Borg Cube so has arrived and shot out a laser beam and it's, you know, you will assimilate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you connect. <laughs> we'll have a Star Trek analysis. Uh, and, and Dave, well, but, you know, one of the things is, is that- is, is the uh, Cloud Gateway Appliance in a uh, cube form? Because yeah. that might- uh, that might Yeah, cool. the Cloud Gateway Appliance is the super cube or the trans-dimensional warp cube. But, I mean, I think about this because I worked in some small shops who kind of balked. They're like, I don't want to pay for a vCenter for every little robo-site. And then you go right. work in oil and gas and they're like, yeah, we're going to have a vCenter on that rig with four VMs because we need some way to be able to manage it on site if the link goes down. And, you know, this may- and to a certain degree, I guess people feared vCenter sprawl because you had all these extra management planes. You need to make sure all the LDAP was properly integrated on the mall. This may actually, in some way, encourage, I guess, more vCenters to get made, which maybe there's good reasons. Data gravity, adjacency, maybe, you know, you want to split up, um, what you know, different clusters that only have access to certain authentication zones, multi-tenancy. Um, but it doesn't bring all the problems that historically vCenter Sprawl would have brought. It lets you have your cake and eat it too, is kind of the vision I'm seeing here, partly because yeah. of that licensing, partly because of the technical benefits we mentioned. Yeah, and also because we're licensing through the host, right, the, the CPU cores, you also have access to deploying vCenter without any additional cost to it. 
So like you were saying, John, if there's a, a shop or a store and this company has 100 stores, you can deploy 100 vCenters if you want without any. Or just VDI. Like that was a very common use case where people need really should have a separate vCenter, I feel like, for their VDI clusters. It's just a good practice. But they're like, you'd have, they'd forget to quote it or, you know, there's some cheap, you know, person procurements. Like I'm not authorizing a couple grand so you can have a different separate management plane for that. And you get, you get, you know, some commonality here, but it's, you know, it's more like, not trying to over drag this to an active directory analogy, but you have a general forest level view of everything, but you can still have separate subdomains and things that have uh, very different um, enforcement within them. Nice. Well, I've had this question asked before. And so I figured I'd ask this question to you, Dave. Um, does this require VPN? It does not. So the way it works, uh, you have, like I mentioned before, everything stays on-prem, right? vCenters host workloads, we're not moving anything. Uh, one of the requirements though is to download a, an appliance. So this cloud gateway appliance, it's downloaded from Customer Connect and it's installed, it's just an ISO, uh, very simple, installed on-prem on one of those vCenters, one of those clusters. So the communication is gonna go through this, obviously, gateway out to the cloud. So we're not connecting your vCenters directly to the internet, definitely not something I would recommend, but all the communication and authentication internally, it's gonna be done on-prem, and then we're gonna use that tunnel to go out to our cloud account and a cloud organization that has the vSphere Plus and vSim Plus entitlements. Uh, the vS uh, Cloud Gateway Appliance does have capability to uh, configure proxy if you have to go that way, uh, which a lot of companies that, have, a lot of customers I talk to, um, Ask me about that at VMUX uh, because maybe they already have gateway uh, firewall um, allocations, right, to get out to the VMware cloud and they want to leverage that through using proxy. So that is one of the questions I, I receive, and that is definitely an option for the gateway appliance. So, to be clear, this is for the information flowing up for a read only view. If I want to drop into one of the vCenters to manage it, I'm still going to need to be on the corporate VPN or MPLS mesh, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, this isn't like Workspace ONE in the cloud brokering end of e I, I guess you could probably deploy a Workspace ONE to do that if you wanted to, but this isn't this isn't that, so. This is phase one, John. <laughs> phase one. Well, you know, the other thing is, you know, some security people may be paranoid, be like, look, it's a read-only view, you know, for that type of stuff. So. Yeah, now that you mentioned security, so outbound communications are done port 443 only, so there's no other ports and all that, all that communication is being encrypted. Out to the cloud. Yep. So it is, uh, you know, for for those uh, of us that are security conscious, definitely uh, nothing crazy going on there. What are some of the benefits? Like, what do I get out of this in talking like allocations wise? Well, first of all, I, I think that consumption of VCs, I uh, just want to loop back to that first of all, but that's like, I really want to emphasize that we're removing one of the barriers that people have. And as John has very eloquently put it around, uh, best practices for a management plane. Uh, being able to deploy whatever you need whenever you need it is good. Uh, the flexibility that they get from a consumption-based model is good as well because no longer are they trying to sign an ELA for a high watermark and then find out that they still undershot or that they dramatically overshot and things along these lines. So uh, having, having really all of this being driven by on-demand pricing is a very important part of that solution. And I think you'll see benefits for all the other solutions as we bring them on board of those cross-cloud services that we talked about by having this sort of an infrastructure in place to build consumption-based services uh, for the future. Uh, one of the other really cool things is an allocation that we receive for that our customers receive for uh, Tanzu uh, runtimes. So they can run 
as we've been able to do already with vSphere, uh, just naked vSphere as it were, you can run uh, containers directly on your, your, your clusters or in Tanzu Kubernetes clusters that you're running on your, your vSphere hosts. Um, you get an allocation for that in Tanzu Mission Control Essentials and a couple of other things. So we're enhancing that basic value that was uh, a, a separate subscription license previously as part of the basic offering here with, with uh, vSphere Plus as well. So if people are looking to start deploying uh, Kubernetes clusters, I think this Tanzu offering is a really important uh, ability to on-ramp into Kubernetes in a very easy fashion with the central visibility of all of the worker nodes and all the things that are being distributed around the environment as well. So that's a, that's a pretty big addition. Central VM management and monitoring, central, you know, container management monitoring, central, central everything. So. Yeah, another cool thing is that we also uh, shipping out some of the logs out uh, to the cloud side. So on the back end, we're utilizing our own products like uh, Log Insight, for example. And from the management console on the cloud, on the VMware cloud, you can open a support case with GSS. Uh, you don't have to go to a different site. Just from the same site, you can use that. And GSS would already have those logs ready to be reviewed. So there's no more of, hey, this is the FTP site. You have to go to export the logs, blah, blah, blah. And I'll talk to you in a couple of days, right? So everything is, is going to make it easier for you to not only troubleshoot, but to get access to your support and, and get resolution faster. So that th that was something that previously, you know, people would have to stand up Skyline before, but it's it's nice seeing that that similar functionality just coming baked into the other SaaS and subscription services. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this is uh, um, a, a rejection of the value of Skyline either. I think that you get some of the benefit of that centralized logging and ease of, of support ticket uh, opening and log uploading and all of those uh, other things. Um, and you, you, in fact, get some really nice visibility within the, the Cloud Console UI itself, too, in terms of some of the security postures of your VCs and uh, known issues. And it does a little bit of analysis of the environments looking for things like, uh, did you leave SSH open on your VCs and so forth? And it can give you some of that awareness about your, your state of VCs uh, without sort of treading into that full you know, root cause analysis around problem management and things like that. Uh, that you get from some uh, more advanced tools like ops and, and so forth. That makes sense. Nice. So I've also heard, you know, I've heard vSphere Plus, of course, but I've also heard vSAN Plus, uh, not the same thing, right? I, we all know what vSAN is, but can you, and we don't need to dive too deep into it, but can you just give me an understanding of, you know, if somebody's looking at vSphere Plus, what, what exactly does vSAN Plus add to the story? Okay, so first of all, uh, there's an entitlement aspect to all of this stuff as well, right? So we need to make sure that when we're running these things from a centralized cloud console, that it's accessible to all the different types of solutions that customers have on their uh, environments, including vSAN. So we can manage clusters that are built using vSAN rather than you know, discrete data stores and things along these lines. Uh, and we can interact with those vSAN clusters as well. So if you want to deploy a VM through vSphere Plus, uh, you can do so. It'll use local templates. It can do all sorts of different things uh, from the local on-premises environments and clusters that you've got, including vSAN. So you can go choose to deploy a new VM, plug it into a vSAN uh, system somewhere uh, on some data center that uh, just happens to be compatible with, and uh, it'll use the. It, it's aware of the vSAN policy, so it uses the default policy of that vSAN cluster to set it up on that environment. And away you go. So there's a compatibility and there's a, a, a licensing issue there as well. And that's where the vSphere Plus versus vSAN Plus comes into play. V 
vSphere Plus is compatible with vSAN. vSAN Plus is, uh, as I understand it, a, uh, a licensing way of doing the same type of things that we're doing with vSphere Plus uh. for vSAN. So you can consume on demand for your vSAN clusters and uh, deploy systems uh, without worrying about you know the, the, the CPU licensing model. Understood. Understood. So Dave, you've been, you've been traveling all over the country doing a bunch of VMUGs out there. I'm curious, like, what are some of the questions that you've been getting from customers around vSphere Plus? Um, before or after I talk? <laughs> <laughs> Probably after because now they're informed and, and, yeah. and now they are like, well, okay, this is interesting, but. Yeah. Well, initially it was, you know, the, the understanding that, Hey, I really don't have to move anything for on-prem. Um, so obviously afterwards it was like, oh, how, how soon can I get started? How do I get started? Um, you know, when is the GA, all those type of things. So it, it really resonated with a lot of our customers. Uh, they can see the value of having that centralized management, uh, which helps them. So even if they're still using their local vCenter UI, they can now give access to their CIO at a higher level and with less permissions, right? They don't want them to be changing to anything, but at least they have a whole view of, hey, what's going on in my environment? So the operations teams can see their entire infrastructure, uh, whatever they are, uh, from one central location. So it, it did resonate with a lot of customers and they really liked the idea where we're going with NatJobs Feature Plus, but also with Arctic. Okay. And how do people get started now? Like if, if they're interested, what's the first? I've seen a lot of different things and I want to, I'll leave some links on the uh, show notes of the podcast page. You actually did a video with, uh, with uh, Mark Lohmeyer, uh, like just sort of the general value proposition, but it also showed the, um, you, you actually did a demo, uh, a demo video walking through the whole thing. So I'll share that, but uh, great landing page that actually has some infographics and stuff like that. But uh, if someone is actually interested in getting started, you know, where can they get started? Yeah, definitely talk to their uh, their VMware rep, right? Their SC um, account executive, and try to figure out start your planning process. How many about licensing and things like that. Uh, once they get past that, they will get an email. And if they don't have a VMware account created already, they will have the option to create an account at that point, create an organization, and that specific org is going to have your vSphere Plus entitlement, vSAN Plus entitlement. So it knows already um, it's connecting the customer with that entitlement, right? So that's step one. Step two is going to Customer Connect, downloading the gateway appliance um, on-prem, right? Um, step number three is now connecting that gateway appliance to the already created account on the cloud. And remember that account will already have everything set up, so the gateway appliance will know exactly what organization is going to connect to and what entitlements are available, right? So at that point we have connected, we have, uh, we have um, concluded the, the first step, which is, you know, connecting from on-prem to the gateway appliance to the cloud. Now the last step is to just start adding vCenter servers to that gateway appliance. And that gateway appliance already, it's already connected to the cloud, already knows the entitlements. And so that last step is very simple. You add um, FQDN or IP addresses of UV centers, and that will complete the connection from on-prem to the cloud. And within a few minutes, they're going to start seeing vCenters, VMs, um, be able to create the desired state that can convert to subscription from the cloud console, and then can start moving on after that. Um, as of right now, we can connect up to four vCenters to one gateway appliance, and hopefully that number will inc increase in the near future. But for now, you can have up to 
uh, four vCenters to one uh, gateway appliance. Um, definitely, you can deploy more than one appliance if needed. Yeah. So a very simple process. It takes uh, it took me about an hour the first time, and then consecutive times. Obviously, it was less and less, but yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. And I think once you're in there looking at that interface, you start to realize how intuitive it is and how well built it is around really driving that visibility and awareness of that that global estate through very very uh, minimal configuration and setup that's required in order to get there. So it, it's pretty pretty slick once you're in and once you've got those gateways deployed and. Uh, connected to your VCs. Um, if you want to take a look uh, at some more information, even before doing that, of course, your SEs, the VMware uh, SEs and account team should have uh, some demos that they can show you. Uh, go to core.vmware.com. There's, a, as always, put a lot of technical information uh, about those products uh, there on Core. And uh, I recommend you take a look at the uh, VMware Explorer uh, general session. I think uh, there. We're probably going to be talking about some of our innovations in that uh, general session once, uh, once that lands. Nice, nice. And I, I think there's also, a, isn't there a hands-on lab with it? Yes. Yeah, there's a hands-on lab available. And it, goes, it runs through all these processes of even downloading and installing the gateway appliance, which, again, is very simple. Uh, so we, we walk you through all, all those, uh, how to add vCenters to the gateway appliance, how to connect them to that cloud account, how to convert to subscription, everything it's in there step-by-step, uh, step, uh, clearly detail as to what you're doing. So it, definitely try that out. Very nice, very nice. I, th I think it can pretty much do everything except for organize John's desk. So John, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think vSphere Plus is, is definitely the future, but you're going to have to organize your own classes. <laughs> It's a it's a good baseline, and it looks like there's a lot of opportunity to grow here. So I'm I'm optimistic, you know. <laughs> well, speaking of that, actually, I, that's something I do want to highlight again is that this stuff is for vSphere Plus, not not your glasses and your mugs. I don't really want to highlight that. I think we've done that one to death. Um, but what I do want to talk about is how vSphere Plus is really just the start of all of this stuff. All of those cross cloud services where we're building on, it's all being built around this. I mean, that single cloud gateway appliance with. HTTPS 443 over to the cloud. That's a conduit for our customers to start receiving additional value from those cross-cloud services. So, I mean, the the use cases for this are open-ended. So right now, yeah, we're talking about vSphere Plus, a subscription-based uh, consumption model for vSphere and central visibility and so forth. But uh, that's that's the route. The, the tree is going to continue to branch out and, uh, and start pulling in extra services as you go. So... Um, Really, I think it's it's a pretty exciting time for vSphere. And I, speaking of that HOL, the hands-on lab, I think that was a, a, a record for us in terms of the first couple of weeks of uh, uh, users who have taken that lab after releasing that. And this is during an off-cycle. We released this in you know June, July timeframe, not at yeah, yeah. VMworld or Explorer or anything like that. And uh, people are still jumping on that uh, lab to, to try to see a little bit more about what what's going on with that. I mean, we've done keynotes and keynotes at uh, user conferences. There's there's definitely a lot of demand for this. Uh, and I think it's kind of neat because it doesn't take a lot of change, right? You're, we're not saying, all right, now you got to go through and scrub out your old VCs and uh, you know rebuild your ESXi hosts and all the rest of that stuff. It's additive, which makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, one of the, now you reminded me of something. So one of the other features that we didn't talk about was uh, lifecycle management for vCenters, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I used to work with a lot of customers with VCF, and that is one of the features that they loved, right? How easy it is to do updates, and uh, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. And, and 
think about all the other products you're running with. So with Visor Plus, we're, we introduce a new way to do upgrades for your vCenters, where uh, just as simply as running pre-checks, so it's different two, different, uh, two buttons you have to click. One to run a pre-check, and the other one is just to update. So just like we get updates on our phones saying, hey, here's a new update, do you want to do that now? You can say yeah, or maybe ignore it and come back later, right? Same, same way. One click, and then it's going to start the the process of upgrading your vCenter. Now, something else that we're doing here is we're leveraging a new feature that we released in vSphere 7.0 U3, which is called Reduced Downtime Upgrade, which is right now it's only available through vSphere Plus and VMC on AWS. And what that's doing is creating it's a migration-based uh, upgrade, but it's a little different than what you can do now. So uh, previous processes, you have to shut down or you know, shut down the services from the source vCenter, start copying all the data, all that stuff. And until it was ready to go, then we bring up the new vCenter, run some scripts, change IPs, all the stuff, and then bring services. So it was a long downtime for that period, right? Right, yeah. And what we're doing now, it's just, we start, we still go ahead and create automatically a new VM with the vCenter with the new bill, the new version, uh, but we start copying the data. The old vCenter is still running, it's still available, you can still do changes, whatever you want to do. Um, and the only downtime is taking the services down from the source and then bringing the services up on the target vCenter. Nice. Right? So that downtime goes from hours to minutes. Not only that, but then whatever happens, you have access to your old vCenter, right? If you need to revert back. And on, the, on another note, you now you have a clean vCenter that you can uh, leverage, right? A lot of a lot of us, I know back in the day, I used to just do upgrades because it was easier in place. Yeah. And that kind of carries a lot of, you know, uh, old configurations that maybe you didn't want to. Uh, but now you have a new a new build that you can move uh, move on with that. That seems so, like such a smarter way to do that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Smarter and quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, yeah, vSphere Plus sounds great. Um, it's available. It's available now. It is available now. Yep. Okay, so questions, just reach out to Dave Marrera and he will set you up. <laughs> Ken's number is 555. <laughs> no, really good. It's Canadian. You don't want to dial long distance, so that'll, that'll just crush you. Uh, I think Dave Marrera's number. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> You've gone recursive. Oh, well. Very good. No, this has been really good. Yeah, as I said, I will leave links to the landing page, the demo videos, the hands-on lab, all that stuff on the show notes of the podcast. John, anything else before we let these lads go? I'm I'm still absorbing it all, but uh, I think my desk is under control now, and now it's time to go wrangle some vCenters. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, that music tells me it's time to go. And so if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at podcast at VMware.com. You can subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice by searching Virtually Speaking Podcast. You can catch this in all episodes at vspeakingpodcast.com. A big thanks to Ken and Dave for joining us this week and talking about vSphere Plus. We're back next week, but until then, bye for now. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a while. I've forgotten the, the taste in my mouth, the, the thrill, that tangy, adrenaline-filled Yeah, blood. yeah. Podcast, yeah. Now I got the podcast rate.